tell you about Indian and Cowboy? Just explain what it is. Indian and Cowboy is an independent. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of things. I. Indian and Cowboy is an independent indigenous media media network that that doesn't like it's it's <laughs> there's a lot of things we're gonna do I I I should have written this down Indian and Cowboy is a website it's it's a platform it's it's an indigenous podcast network committed to telling indigenous stories for the world to hear guided by our ancestors driven by community and fueled by the love of the land <laughs> okay I'm gonna do this again hold up it's 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 a celebration of story. Indianandcowboy.com is a is a platform that celebrates indigenous stories. And our stories are our nationhood. And our nationhood is our sovereignty. And that's what Indian and Cowboy is. You are listening to Odapem Suskwewak Kitsikisik Guk Metis in Space, Molly Swain Nitsiakason Otusquanik Nitotzen. Chelsea Val Nitsigason, Mantusakaiknik Nitotzen. Lindsay Nixon, Nitsikason, Valley River, Nitotzen. Welcome to our guest tonight. Yay, Lindsay! <laughs> so, actually, uh, why don't you explain where, how you, how y'all know each other and. Uh, okay, well, this is a really good story. And by really good, it's kind of, like, futuresque. Insofar as we met through the internet, originally. <laughs> through Tumblr, everybody's favorite blogging platform. Yeah, so Lindsay and I kind of, like, knew each other by re- Tumblr reputation. And then we ran into each other. Where did we first run into, like, the the book fair? No, you were doing, you were part of that decolonization 101 workshop series that happened when I first moved here. I think it was, like, in May. And... Everyone was doing that weird thing where they were like, I know a native, you should meet this native. Molly yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so then we like inevitably were thrown into one another's paths. And then as soon as we met, people started mixing us up. Oh, really? All the white people started mixing us up. Yeah. Well, they all look exactly the same. Yeah. So right? like, yeah. We all do. Well, we all do. Yeah. So we decided that obviously we must be cousins. So now we like fuck with the white people by being like, oh yeah, Lindsay and I are cousins. That's why you keep mixing us up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, we are Except, cousins. Yeah. We, we kind of are all cousins. Well, I mean. <laughs> if you're out from the prairies, it's, it's a high probability that you were cousins. You're more likely to be cousins than not cousins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you need that app like they have in Iceland or whatever, so it tells you if you're related to somebody, so you don't accidentally date your cousin. We definitely need that. I mean, I think country. we need that app more than they do in yeah. Iceland. Yeah, <laughs> like, realistically. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, so... The future is now. (laughs) The future is now. So, um, yeah, welcome to episode seven. 
And uh, for anybody who is new, uh, and for those of you who have simply forgotten since the last time you listened to an episode, here's what we do. We like to uh, pick out a a sci-fi episode, series, movie, possibly comic book, videos, whatever. Uh, This time it was actually suggested to us on Twitter. Super excited. Thanks, Twitter. Yeah, woot! Uh, Twitter being a thing uh, that we also do. You should check us out, Métis in Space on Twitter. Um, So many indigenous futurist witticisms in 140 characters or less. Indeed. So we we watch a show, we drink some wine, we we take notes, and then we talk about the thing, and this is the show. We we are now talking about the thing. We may or may not rate the thing. Uh, This this review podcast, uh, you know, up until this point has always contained reviews, but, you know, I keep saying we're going to drop the ball, and and maybe we're just going to do it just to be like... Just to just to see if you're paying attention. We'll be like, yo, which episode did we drop the ball? And you have to immediately tell us or space lasers will come down and just obliterate you. Yeah. And if you get it, you'll win a prize. From and the, the prize will be some kind of like future thing. Future thing. Like a broken light fixture from my house. Or like a ball of uh, aluminum foil. That was oh, that's a hat. Yeah. I mean, exactly. That, you can unfold it and refold it into a hat. That's how right. futuristic we are with our tinfoil. Aluminum foil, like, is actually pretty, pretty space. I gotta say, like, oh, I mean, there's nothing spacer because it, it's shiny and yeah. it crumples. Yeah, it's like a fabric made out of a metal. <laughs> That's space. That's space. That's so that space. is so space. Oh, we also ask a Munio. Oh yeah, we forgot to, yeah. I, we never forget our our white male listeners. We don't, and mm-hmm. and we so, almost did, but. Yeah, but it would have it would we would have been reminded at some point mm-hmm. um, as Inevitably. the tears flowed under the uh, the door jam and into our recording studio and started to make our socks wet. We would have realized <laughs> that we forgot about the Munial, uh, who is weeping silently outside. But no, we, but we keep him out there until we need him. That's right. And then we bring him in and we ask the Munial uh, what he thinks about. You know anything that we're we're doing because we we just need that perspective. We need that white male perspective um, because we, as indigenous feminists, are often led astray when we watch sci-fi. And we have to be put back on the on on the the straight white male path so that we understand what the sci-fi actually meant. Yeah, and that's what we do. That might be the most important part, actually. It it's not my. It, it is. It is. Okay. The sorry, most you're right. Part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, white male listeners, you are the most important part of this show. That's right. So, uh, Lin- uh, actually, why don't we get Lindsay to introduce <gasps> yeah, the Lindsay. wine of the evening? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, just so tell us describe what we're the wine, read okay. the back of the wine, mm-hmm. and then yeah, let us know exactly what it is we've been imbibing <laughs> this whole right. evening. Well, this wine is called the Reserve de la Chevre Noir. Mm. Notice my very perfect French accent. Beautiful. Yeah, prairie prairie <laughs> French accent. I'm, I'm digging yeah. it. Franco Alberton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a thing. Franco Manitoba. Wait, what's a, what are you, if you're Franco Manitoban? Franco Manitoban and then a Franco Sask, Saskatchewanian. Saskatchewanian? No, no, there's like a, there's a funny name for it. Or like, I mean, if I'm than Saskatchewan. I'm sorry, that's a Cree, I'm dissing my own people. Yo, yeah, if you're Franco Sask, you can let us know what you're actually called. Franco Sasquatchian. Nah! From All those Francophone Sasquatches. Hit us up. Anyway, yeah, the black goat wine. The black goat wine. So this wine is produced from several vineyards in the Côte de Bouin and the Côte de Nuit. It gets its name from an old story, a black goat used to venture regularly into some of the best vineyards and sample and sample the young buds 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Sampling the young buds. This is Same. aged and bottled with great care. This vin- this burgundy is vinified? Vinified? Vinified. As long as that's not vilified. No, yeah. vinified. That's interesting. Mm. I've never heard of that. Yeah, me either. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. Now we know. Now we know. So we're drinking the black goat. <laughs> this is actually, like, this is kind of weirdly... It fits. It fits with this episode. Yeah. This like, a all about lot. animals. Also, can we just note the bondage <laughs> yeah. going on right now? <laughs> So we, we tweeted a picture of this so you can talk you can see what we're talking about but uh, yeah Molly Molly sort of thought that it looked a little bit like fishnet stockings around mm. the bottle mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's like this bottle's wearing gold fishnets and I'm kind of jealous of its style <laughs> um, she's jealous of the style of a wine bottle yeah man like it's good looking it's got the like class it's got a cool little black goat kind of frolicking around on there and then just like the gold wiry fishnets like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it tastes as good as it looks, too. So it's from, from France. Yeah. Okay. From 2012. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, if you're listening to us on Indian and Cowboy, awesome. I'm glad you've joined us here. Uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that despite what you may have heard, uh, we do not actually ride high on uh, on the proceeds from anything. Uh, Indian and Cowboy <laughs> yeah, what is, not, is not some sort of like indigenous uh, empire. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, but we're, we're trying to make it so uh, y'all can go to the site, IndianAndCowboy.com, and you can actually become a patron of the indigenous arts. So, uh, yeah. yeah. In, in the style of the Medicis, in <laughs> Renaissance Italy, you can become a patron to our Michelangelo. That's right. If I may make the comparison, which I think I can. I think you can. I think you must. <laughs> so you can go on there, hit the donate uh little tabby thing and it takes you to a site called patreon where you you literally become a patron uh you can you can uh decide to uh give you know a minimum of ten dollars a month and that kind of keeps all the shows going on indian and cowboy so you got metis in space you got stories from the land with hayden king you got knives and wild rice um and the upcoming treaty uh podcast which i'm super stoked about it's uber secret apparently uh but it's gonna be awesome yeah it's gonna be awesome yeah so, that's the only thing that's not secret about it is how awesome it's gonna be right and there's some youth podcasts coming up so it's yeah. the wow. the indigenous empire is being built but y'all are gonna have to carry some of the stones is what we're saying mm-hmm. so if you if you like what you're hearing um and obviously you do because it's great then consider <laughs> making it a thing that uh that is sustainable and that's my plug for that. So yeah, great. What's our next plug? Our next plug is about iTunes. Oh, yeah. So uh, Métis in Space is on iTunes. And if you haven't heard, we were on the front page for New and Notable Podcasts for a while, as well as number <laughs> two. Yo, as well as number two in society and culture, New and Notable Podcasts. Like, that apparently is a big deal. I'd never even heard of that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to get to those pages. But it's cool, right? You have to do it from within your app. Like, yeah, yeah, just like search search us. Go to the iTunes store, search Métis in Space, will pop up. Yeah. And what you can do is you can click on rate and comment, and you can rate us and write funny comments. Oh, if you haven't yeah. noticed, the comments on there are super clever and funny, and we encourage that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, like, shoots us up the charts, man. It makes us a thing. It makes us a thing that other people see and they're like, whoa, I wonder about what, what this is about. And, you know, all these unsuspecting people listen to our podcast and are decolonized through their ear holes. Just automatically. It's one of the powers that we have, actually. That's right. We, so, we actually, we embed decolonization into the audio file before we upload it. Right. It's like the wrath of Khan, but like less gross and visceral, but still cool. Yeah. Controlly. 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, we get into their little brain mm. with our seti eel of oh. us. Anyway, <laughs> just rate rate us. You know, like we appreciate rating, being rated five stars. You don't have to. You know, if you think we're only a four. Yeah, you fucking do. You know what? Yeah. No. Don't, if, don't rate us four. Don't, don't, even, don't even rate us just, at all. Just we, want, we want a 100% yeah, five star rating. We deserve five star rating. No. <laughs> man, now that we've said it, there's going to be that one guy. You know, yeah. there's going to be that one person who's like, I'm going to rate them four just because. You know what? Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't man. be that guy. But if you got to be that guy, at least leave a funny comment yeah. about how you're that guy. And we'll be like, it's that guy! <laughs> yeah, and then you better go donate to Indian and Cowboy to yeah, make up for it. That's right. Anyway. Okay, next plug. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, sorry, we're, we're, we're kind of like, we're, we're a little plug heavy in this episode, uh, but we're feeling a little tipsy. It's Columbus Day right now, although oh, yeah. when we release this, it won't be. Okay, Christopher funniest Ball thing. Colin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were like, what's going to be our funny joke about Christopher Columbus? It's because it's Columbus Day, and uh, Chelsea's husband was like, well, you know what Christopher Columbus's name is, is in Spanish? And I was like, what? And he was like, Crystal Ball colon. And I was like, that's a joke that just writes itself. Like, we can't even say it. So... Uh, I'm sorry, Spanish speaker. Crystal Ball. Chris, this, is, this is their <laughs> anglicization. Yeah, for like, I'm from the fucking prairies, dude. I can like, my English is only, you know, like, <laughs> it's prairie English. And I'm going to just say Crystal Ball colon <laughs> forever. So happy Crystal Ball colon day. Lo siento mucho a toda la gente que, que habla español. Para, para esas mujeres que no hablan ninguna palabra, pero... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, whatever. happy Indigenous Resistance Day, everyone! Woo! Can we just have a quick cheers for cheers. Indigenous oh. Resistance Day? Screw you, Crystal, Yo. Crystal Ball Cologne. <laughs> no, we're Colon, a co- man. Colon. Colon. Right. Um, okay. Like, could you imagine turning that into a cologne? <laughs> Crystal Ball Colon Cologne. <laughs> Tell your your future on Indigenous lands, and it'll smell short. Ah. <laughs> Uh, all right oh my god what's our next plug okay (laughs) so we've been talking about uh putting out a teespring campaign with some metis in space shirts if you have checked out our amazing artwork which is so so good it's so great it's exactly what we wanted yeah that was that was actually done by a guy named brett dorans out of scotland who uh i don't know i think it made him feel better about the whole scottish independence vote uh, whatever you know just like feel 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 for the guy right uh but beautiful beautiful artwork and we're gonna be putting that stuff on a shirt a shirt which you can purchase and a shirt which when you purchase it will actually go towards supporting us yeah specifically specifically yeah. uh and by supporting mostly we mean like we want to try to at least recoup some of the costs that we've yeah. currently put into this you know visas are great but they they they're not so great in a way because you know, they come a knocking eventually and uh, not physically. They're not like cards can't grow. You know, I'm not anthropomorphizing visas, but no. whatever. Harassing but like phone a, calls. A, yeah. That's a thing that you can stop. Like six uh, times a day. Stop yeah. those phone calls. Yeah. So that we're not looking for anything crazy, but we want you to be outfitted with some great swag. Yo, it's going to like, it's going to be so good looking. Yeah. And, and you don't have to be Métis. You know, you oh. could be anything at all. Indigenous, non-Indigenous. It's That's not the point. It's not appropriative. Uh, we want you to support the show and the show is Métis in space. And when you wear the show, you can walk around and be like, I'm a pen squeak. Because that's what we decided. that's what we decided that y'all are called. Yeah. As our fans that you, you yep. definitely are. You guys are pem squeaks. Hey. hey. All right. <laughs> okay, that's that's enough of that. Let's, okay. Let's intro the show. Okay. Oh, wait. Were we going to plug one more thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. I lied. We got another plug. Okay, so we've got one more plug. Uh, Lindsay, do you want to introduce this plug? 
Uh, the IWTSHRC. Mm. Yes. Yes. So I am a visitor from Indigenous Women and Two-Spirit Harm Reduction Coalition, which I co-founded actually with the co-anchor of Métis Space, Molly Swain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And basically what we do is we just offer harm reduction resources and materials to Indigenous women and Two-Spirit people throughout Montreal. Um, if, if you want to find out more about the work we do, you can check us out online. Um, we're facebook.com, Indian, NDN Harm Redux with an X. Because yeah. we're cool like that. Uh, yeah. We're also on Tumblr, ndnharmredux.tumblr.com. Yeah. Uh, and we are ndn.harmredux at gmail.com if you wanted to email us. If you're not in, t- in Montreal uh, and you check us out and you still require some uh, resources or materials or referrals at all, just drop us a line and we'll do our best to try to get you that stuff. Uh, we operate in a con- kind of consensus-based, non-hierarchical organizing model. Um, so also if you are in Montreal or outside of Montreal and want to become a member at all, just definitely drop us a line. We're always looking for more people to get involved. Um, and for sure, like if you wanted to ask myself or Lindsay just any questions at all about what Harm Redux is uh, or what it is that we do, feel free also to drop us a line. We're super happy to answer your questions. What, what do you do? Um, like, what, what, what kind of are some of the supplies that you guys supply? Like when oh. you're talking about supplies, I'd like to... Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a great question. Um, so... We do, uh, we offer free, clean gear for people who are drug users. We offer safer sex materials. Um, We offer referrals to indigenous uh, and low-income friendly health services um, and harm reduction services as well. Um, Hopefully, as we move forward, we're going to get more funding so we can expand our definition of harm reduction to include just about everything you can think of, in our opinion, colonization is harmful so decolonization and working against Mm -hmm. kind of all of the systems that go along with colonization is inherently harm reductive Mm -hmm. and we're trying to make our work reflect that yeah yeah we recognize that harm reduction means a lot of different things to different folks and we want to be very reflexive about that basically our work just means meeting people where they're at and facilitating access to the types of medicines that folks have decided that they need in their lives. All right. And you can't see it, but we're all like nodding like, ah, ho, ah, ho. It's it's great. It's great. It's great. Yeah. All right. Okay. So is that, that's all the plugs we have, Those are all the plugs. Oh my God. Thanks thanks for sitting through all those plugs. (laughs) Y'all are plugged. Now that we're all plugged up. (laughs) Let's let's unplug. Let's go forward. Yeah. Wait, that sounds, never mind. You know what? Okay. I don't want to unplug. I had to plug that up. I'm going to keep that plugged. (laughs) So what are we watching tonight? Okay, so we are watching The X-Files Season 1, Episode 19, entitled Shapes, where the agents track a wolf-like creature linked to Native American legend. Yeah. Native American. Just all one of them. Yeah. There is one Native America. And there is one legend. There is one legend. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to learn all about it today on The X-Files. Yeah. So uh, Molly, the, Molly is new to X Files. Yeah, it, uh, it always looked too scary for me to watch, but this wasn't bad. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like well, there were no ominous flutes, so I felt a little braver. There was ominous oboe. Though. There was ominous. There was oboe. an ominous oboe. Yeah, but Lindsay is super up on her X Files lore. Uh, I watched it when it came out, you know, so I, I vaguely remember it, sort of like Quantum Leap. You know, it's like a thing of the past. Um, I remember the hair being way better than it was. Like, Scully, <laughs> no, that hair was bad. You know, I remember being like super, like, oh, Mulder's so hot, but now he's just like such a brosif. I just like shut up, you know. And, yeah. and, and Scully, like, her hair's not as cool as I remember. He's got that like, I'm like, I don't know if this episode was filmed in the late '80s or early '90s, but he's got that 90s, kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that, like, 90s, like, bad business hair, like, kind of bad boy business hair, where, like, 
it should be all slicked down and kind of gross looking, but instead he's got the kind of like starry poof right at the front <laughs> that shows that he's a bad boy. And I was just watching this thing bounce around the whole time being like, oh God, this guy's a sex symbol? I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing actually when you when you look back at stuff like, you know, you're all like hot from Alder and you look back, you're like, no, I wasn't. No. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like when you look through your yearbook and you find that, like that oh, person that you had yeah. a crush on and you're oh. like, oh, they were so hot. And then you look at them and you're like, oh. Yeah, I was hot for Scully. Yeah, Scully. Yeah, Scully. I don't know, but she's just you know. I I also thought Scully was super attractive, uh, but Scully is like, Scully's annoyingly skeptic. She's Almost like too skeptic. Yeah, it's, she's she's like that white atheist. She's the like the Christopher Hitchens of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, also, she's rear pale. She's just so like. It, well, that was part of her appeal apparently, which I which I'm also like decolonizing my attraction to like. Any, yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> not every, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're we. Uh, it's nighttime, and yeah. the first thing you see is a bear. A bear. Oh! In case you're wondering if Musk is going to be in this show, Musk was in the bear. Yeah, he's. But <laughs> bears are always in the show. We made that pledge to you. Musk was up in this show, mm-hmm. all over it. Like the thing is, is like we made the pledge, not even knowing if we could fulfill it. Yeah, but it's obvious that we're always going to be able mm-hmm. to fulfill it. Like yeah. it, there's just always going to be a bear. But but bear shows up. How like bear is dead? Yeah, dead. it's like taxidermic heaven in this place that mm-hmm. we the first scene right. What's also really funny about those that juxtaposition against those natural ominous forces, like mm-hmm. the the storm that was going on that was like flashing lights of like ominousness against those like ca- carcasses of like dead animals oh yeah that was wow creepy. yeah <laughs> it was yeah and then yeah. it's just like it's just like a flash of like a bear and then flash of like a taxidermy falcon and then like yeah. flashes of shotguns and like really like masculine imagery and then like storms and it was like mm-hmm. like honestly wow. we, we never get a full picture of of the room that all of these like dead animals are in but i can't imagine how you could like walk around like i there's this family uh, a friend of mine growing up her family lived in like a uh, like you know sort of like a, a trailer or whatever and her dad was an outfitter and so they had like some bears and some like deer heads and stuff but like in in the small living room of a trailer right so you go in there and you can't like turn around without bumping into a dead animal right and so i kind of picture like this was like that like you turn around you're like oh shit you know? <laughs> face to face with Almost the, with the wolf or something on an antler, like, right oh, no. you can't get drunk in that room because that's exactly it like yeah. the, the deer comes crashing down off of the wall and like like impales you into the floor of the trailer and you're stuck there wriggling being like my life decisions are shit (laughs) you know how have i gotten to this point yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're getting their revenge so wait wait i gotta describe this because i love this so much okay so um yeah taxidermic heaven there's cowboy with a shotgun Mm -hmm. there's thunder bleeding cows uh (laughs) bleating (laughs) man I don't think I can make that sound. Man. <laughs> Sounded like sheep. Okay, Perry's too long. How can I sound? Let's okay, go back to wait, wait, McDonald. Wait. Let's sing through Moo. a McDonald. <laughs> okay, I, I meant moo. <laughs> I can't even do a cow anymore, man. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> But I wanted, because it sounded like I was saying bleeding, but they weren't bleeding. They were bleating. Okay. Yes. Anyway, Western men in their gear. It's dark. It's muddy. It's rainy. 
and they're the they're looking around. They're yeah. looking around in the in in the barn with with a flashlight, and then it's like somebody freaking hurled a wolf carcass at the guy. <laughs> it did not look like an animal leaping. It was like it was like it was like the Blues Brothers where they had that sort of like they had that they had that catapult that where they kept throwing the cars on top of each other. Whatever. Anyway, it looked like they had a wolf catapult that they just used to throw a carcass at the guy. Yeah, no, hit him. Ah! Yeah, it's like it's like when you're like little siblings sneak up behind you with one of your big stuffed animals and just throw the stuffed animal right at the side of your face to scare you. And it's just like it comes out like that. And it's just like this floppy like. <laughs> It was so bad. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. And you can't. You know, this is like the early '90s. You can't even. You can't. You can't even. There's no. Like, there's no excuse. For that. <laughs> like right. the show was. Like I'm assuming the show was low budget, but it can't have been that yeah. low budget. Just you know? hurl the wolf. Anyway, shotgun blast. Boom. There's a naked dead guy on the ground. Mm-hmm. All right. Obviously. Obviously. We were like Chelsea and I were both like, what? <laughs> like, wait, what happened? <laughs> like there was there was some lightning. I think there there was a picture of a rifle. There was like a. There were some cows, and now there's, like, this naked guy. <laughs> cows making sheep sounds. I was so confused. <laughs> what is this? is the X-Files. <laughs> you know, Mulder needs to find out why the cows sounded like sheep. <laughs> All right. Science can explain it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I, I kind of, like, skipped the next part because I was busy figuring out why the hell there was, like, this naked dude yeah. on the ground. And the next quote I have is, that cow looked like a piece of paper that had gone through a shredder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's pretty high tech for those cowboys, man. Do you all have a paper shredder out there? Really? You know what that looks like? Like, I don't know. Well, maybe, like, ranches have a lot of paperwork. What do they got to shred? Cows. The number of cows? You can go and count them. The cows are bleeding <laughs> like sheep. Okay. That maybe you got to shred because somebody's going to think you're, like... Not yeah. right in the head, so... Yeah, but, okay, so basically, yeah, there's this homicide investigation because there's a naked dude. A well, we find dude. out that he is a native man No, from... he's an Indian. An Indian. Sorry, yes, yes. an Indian. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Not a native man, he's an Indian man yeah. from the reserve that's, like, skirting the territories uh, of this uh, settler farm that yeah. these... And that, actually, there's a court case happening between these farmers and the, the res. Right, it's a boundary yeah. dispute, uh, apparently... Mm-hmm. The the uh, the sheep sounding cows are are grazing too far afield and and yeah so they're the the reserve is like yo get off our reserve yeah. he's like I'm gonna take you to court over it because that's what Cause that's what white people that's do that's what white people do but the but the white settler farmers are always sort of like vindicated in what they've done because they're mm. just like they're like fighting off these like ominous dark natural forces yeah that, cows like, have been yeah, slaughtered refrigerating on yeah. their, their a, cow, a cow got put in a shredder yeah you cows know, have like, been shredded these, these are the angels of light trying to <laughs> save their poor shredded cows you know and those like mean Trago Indians are trying to, you know, like yeah. And if you if you search Trago, because yeah, these these guys are supposedly on the Trago Indian Reserve. Uh, you search that, you're just gonna find this episode. So I don't know <laughs> Trago, like where whereabouts are they? There, there's mountains, you know, like Montana ish. It said Northwest. I'm gonna assume Montana. Yeah, kind of. It, it it had a Montana vibe, but I don't really. Know yeah, that. there's like there's like forests and yeah, the fog and shit. It was pretty picturesque. Yeah, Montana is that. So yeah. Um, anyway, there. Then then we uh, we have Mulder. Mulder and Scully are sitting there, and uh, they're, you know they're talking to the guy about it. And there's a lawyer, Dick, there, who's like, uh, my uh, client uh, can't speak to anything. Blah blah blah. 
uh, basically, then we that's how we find out about the court case. And they're like, whoa, wait. So he was already in a dispute with the Indian Reserve. Maybe he killed this Indian guy uh, because of that, because of some tensions. And, I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not even maybe. Like, Scully's, like, full-on, like, Why this is obviously here? what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're kind of, like, inclined to agree with her. Like, you saw this kind of, like, wolf fly off of, like, you know, stage left or whatever and hit this dude in the face. But, like, you know, even, even you, you're kind of like, yeah, this is pretty obviously just, like, an open and shut case of, like, a racist killing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, Mulder's not willing to take that biz. Right. He's going to go like the, the source. Yeah. I also think it's interesting how they tie the livelihood into it. Like, the, the livestock. So somehow, even if it was, like, a blood murder, that, like, he somehow vindicated because this native dude was, like, depleting his livestock. Right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, he's like, I didn't mean to kill this guy, but if he was the one who was killing my cows, I'm sorry to, fo- to have found out like that, but, and, and as far as I'm concerned, that's the end of it. Like, he's like... Yo, if this guy was killing my cows, I was justified in killing him, which is like such an American thing. Yeah. Right. I think there was there was some definitely some interesting aspects to this one that really brought out like uh, a US centric view on, on, on a few things here, and that was definitely one of them. This idea that, you know, dudes killing your cows, shoot him in the face, right? Case closed. I'm I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite quote from this part was nature herself was terrified yeah. right yeah i could i know it's it, the whole thing is the the son kind of like pulls them aside and he pulls them out of the house and he's like look i know like if you had heard this story you probably think that you know we just murdered this guy but like you don't know what it's been like around here i could feel it something not human out there watching me like nature herself was terrified <laughs> And they're just standing there being like, okay. And then there were the creeps. And then there were the, the creeps. The creeps. The creeps. Don't you ever get the creeps? And Scully's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mulder's yeah. like, yeah, man, the creeps. I get the creeps all the time. I'm, I'm all about the creeps. creeps. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then uh, Mulder, with his amazing tracking skills, notices these muddy prints that uh, appear to transform from human to animal in mid-step. Uh, we think that it was like somebody in heels with like a little, like a bear paw, so yeah it was like like it was bizarre because it was like unless your instep was like six inches high there's no way these prints would have even been remotely a thing yeah so it honestly it just looked like somebody's wearing these big heels yeah like like he yeah he had his huge cowboy boots on but like the the toe is split out of the front of the cowboy boot so he's got the heel there but then he's got the animal pr- yeah like that's the yeah, only way was... that could have happened so picture the the cowboy boot just split open and yeah there you go yeah and he was like this is this is an animal of some kind right. and we were like is it yeah uh, and he finds a piece of skin yeah like, like a little square of skin yeah and we were like what the, you know it looks like some kind of like old really old saran wrap <laughs> you know like old saran yeah, yeah. wrap that's gone like a little bit kind of scuzzy <laughs> and he was like it's skin and he's flapping it yeah. around it's skin we we're like Ugh. like how hygienic is that man yeah like put that shit in like a plastic bag or something Does he know about skin mites anyway <laughs> right so uh we find out that the guy's name that was killed is uh joe gooden snake <clears throat> okay he so was, now we're on the res snake but wait, wait, yeah. we're on the res, and there was a satellite dish just like the one that I grew up with, and it was pointed <laughs> at that one pornographic part of the sky. They probably just filmed Chelsea's house. Yeah. It yeah. Kinda, it kinda looked Chelsea like- was, like, sitting in there, like, you know, you were, like, what, like... Let's not. 12 or something. <laughs> like, like. All right, so describe the res. Just watch TV. It looked like an actual res. Yeah. First, like, I was... You know, and, like, you know, I'm from, you know, southern Alberta, so, like, those are the reses that I kind of know, but it was, like... 
you know, they filmed it extra bleak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, extra it was bleak. raining the whole time. Yeah, but it was, you know, it was yeah. kind of like these weathered these weathered houses and, like, you know, a shit ton of cars in the front yard. And yeah. there weren't any dogs running around that I saw. But, yeah. you know, generally, you know, it was it was kind of more towny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, than, it was definitely towny. Because there was, yeah, there's, like, yeah, a like, sheriff's office station yeah. there. And, and the saloon, which and was saloon obviously full of people. Yeah. Obviously yeah. totally full in the middle of the day. Yeah. Like, thanks, X-Files, we get it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, generally, like, it's the best and only depiction of a res we've seen so far. Right, and, and also, <laughs> at least the extras seem to be native. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah. And that was they didn't too. They didn't have to do that. They could have just had, like, people in, you know, dressed up in, in red face and everything, like, like usual. But, yeah, we had, we had folks wandering around who looked, like, native, which is great. Yeah. But, I mean, I think, okay, because here's my thing is, you know, you get, you get the indigenous people, and, like, for the most part, they're just, like, doing the jeans and sweatshirts thing, which is, mm-hmm. like, you know, jeans and sweatshirts and, you know, like, the occasional hat, and they're all wearing cowboy boots and stuff, which is, like, you know, pretty normal. Yeah. Uh, but they're all super politicized. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about how politicized these, like, fake tribes of <laughs> yeah. Indians were like they were so politicized like the first you know they go into the saloon and this like you know there's like this like you know husky voice that like talks out from the darkness and then he leans forward and it's this super weathered indigenous guy like the white long hair he's like super craggy and Jimmy he's, like, Jimmy Herman from Cold Lake who is in Dances yeah. with Wolves I was you know so you would definitely recognize him just yeah. like like if he shaves he probably has to like pull apart his wrinkles in order to you know he's so deeply no, cranked he's up. so he's so indigenous he doesn't need to shave no man. but I know but like if he yeah. did yeah, yeah. but anyway so the first thing like he's in the shadows and then he leans forward and you see his craggy face and he's just like how you know and like Mulder's like how'd you know I was FBI I could smell you a while mile away I was at Wounded Knee in 1973 <laughs> and that's like the Bad first ass. thing a native man like any native yeah. person says in the entire episode and so it's just like okay like they've set up like these these are like angry Indians yeah these are the angry politicized Indians we got our old aimster yeah for sure and our angry native lady yeah. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah. Did she even have a name? Gwen? Gwen. 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 Gwen was a really interesting character. She seemed to be sort of like a archetype for all indigenous women that very angry, easily to disappear herself, very like sexualized, even though there's nothing super sexual about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like not connected to anybody. So she's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, it seemed like she was she was really unanchored throughout the whole movie because it turns out obviously Gwen is Joe Goodensnake's sister and Joe Goodensnake obviously was her last living relative, you know, so she's kind of like the last indigenous holdout in this family that's going extinct. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. she's pissed about it. Yeah. But she's also going to disappear herself, so it's mm-hmm. fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and there's not a lot, a lot of concern when she goes missing a mm. couple of times, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of... Uh, reading all sorts of weird things into that then they they uh they go outside of the saloon and uh they head to the sheriff's station because the they met the sheriff in the saloon and there are these dudes out there bill and tom with their painted faces the guardians uh, of the dead guardians of the dead yeah, feathers so in their braids <laughs> they, they got the they got the stotox full on full on and they're just like they're just kind of like standing there like with their arms crossed on either side of this like doorway they may have gone hmm (laughs) that's it like totally guardians of the dead they escort the deceased spirits uh to the afterworld and uh and so the sheriff's like okay guys step aside and they walk in Mulder's like what was that about and uh and he you know the sheriff explains it and then he's like uh I keep the ancient beliefs out there and the police work in here. Because he's a good Indian. Yeah, he's one of those really good modern Indians who likes to uphold 
the law and mm-hmm. also potentially order. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of all barfed in our mouths a little yeah. bit. Something that was really interesting about him too is how he was positioned as holding up the investigation, slowing the white mm-hmm. man's mm-hmm. investigation into the reality of this murder. Totally. But he was also he was also that mediator. I think he really yeah. had that mediating role because like on the one hand he was a good Indian, like he was a cop, he kept all those ancient beliefs outside the door with the guardians of the dead, but also he super hated the government. Yeah. You yeah, know, like yeah. everybody in this like all of the Indians in the show hate the government even the cops hated the government right and like that was kind of refreshing but it also like basically was there to highlight the fact that like this guy is a mediator mm-hmm. and even though he doesn't personally like the government he recognizes that ultimately the american government is the superior you know like a holder of morality and knowledge but then he's like filtering it back through these beliefs that you can't do the autopsy and the you know yeah. this and that but you, i, I you think know. it's interesting too because it was uh it was both gwen and the sheriff uh, explain that you know they don't like they don't like the FBI because you know uh, whenever they need the FBI the FBI never show up right and right. and the and the the judicial situation in the states is so much different than in Canada with tribal sovereignty and who can go on to reserve to uh, to investigate crimes and stuff like that so they're like you know when we need you you're not here right so what does he say to him he's like I'm not a park ranger to answer all your questions about Indians yeah I liked that like that he was just really like you know like fuck off with your questions about indians just like deal with your deal with your your investigation and go away because i gotta still deal with the people who live here so yeah Yeah, it was good uh so yeah so they go down to like the morgue uh and there's the body of joe good and snake you know like under the sheet or whatever and they pull back the sheet and he looks you know like normal he's got this big kind of like claw mark scar Mm. down the side of his chest obviously and then at one point they kind of like look in his mouth, which I found really dehumanizing, but they, they open up his yeah. lips and they look in his mouth and he has these huge fangs. He's got these monster fangs. And like, I don't know how people on the res managed to miss the fact that Joe Goodsnake <laughs> suddenly grew these huge incisors. Yeah, yeah. But there it is. Like they're, you know, they got to be Imagine the hickeys that guy was giving. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Here they also start introducing this sort of, like, pseudo-ceremony, hey? Like, they talk about the body uh, being angered in the spirit realm and then haunting Yeah, right, yeah. Like, it's just enough Indian tradition to be an obstacle for Mulder and Scully. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, are we always in the way? Yeah, we're we're, we're inconvenient, us Indians. (laughs) Oh, I get it. So, yeah, and so he's talking about, like, how he's not going to let them do the autopsy because it interferes with Native American tradition. Uh, and, and then Sheriff is like, Native Americans believe there are laws greater and more just than that of the U.S. government. So that's just like one stab at like, yo, I'm more Indian than than, than white, you know, yeah. but whatever. But I'm still a cop. But I'm still a cop. It's fine. Uh, but, you know, like, in spite of that, we all were kind of like, yeah. Yeah, we liked same. that bit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I liked his little quips, for sure, where, when he just told him off. But, yeah. You know, he, he reminded me a bit of the uh, mystical Musham back in uh, Quantum Leap. But, but he was like, less mischievous. Not as cool yeah yeah i was waiting for ish that's the 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 first native guy from cold lake up there uh who who showed up in the in the first scene in the saloon i was waiting for ish to be all all all, you know like sort of like joking and stuff he does a little bit later but like there was no there was no like mystical motion really there was just like i don't know it was it was a mess yeah it was just like kind of angry political indians who were just real stoic yeah Mm -hmm. all All the time funeral pyre funeral yeah discuss that yeah 
Some kind of medicine man adorned in a wolf skin. It was a coyote skin. It was dyed. To <laughs> it was look not like nearly wolf. big enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like Shaking the shortest wolf. Yeah, <laughs> a little Shaking runty a feather, wolf. Walking around yeah. some sort of compound. Yeah, no, like it was like this weird like square frame that you know could fall over any second. Yeah. around this giant funeral pyre and not holding any you know like generally when you when you uh erect something like that there's a purpose to it you know it's to hold something or whatever but this was like just like i don't know like demarking the the borders of the funeral pyre and like don't get too close like <laughs> i'm pretty sure that if you were standing against that while the funeral pyre was lit your eyebrows would be gone so i'm not sure that that was doing the job but yeah. it looked cool yeah and there's joe gooden snake on top of the pyre wrapped up like a mummy yeah like it looked like you know it was like almost like he's wrapped up in the toilet paper like <laughs> yeah you know t- yeah, yeah. tip to tail you know like know. it was wild and then the only people there are bill and tom there's like this medicine man you know going around singing his thing and then there's bill and tom although later Stow the talks sister, twins the sister shows up she's there but i mean only later you know and like ish, the guy from the bar is but, there. but like later yeah, i know it's weird you know like this dude's setting all this shit up and like there's you know bill and tom and literally nobody else well i'm assuming it was a long ceremony because they don't actually light the pyre until evening until the yeah yeah so yeah. maybe yeah they showed up near the end the the denouement uh yeah and then okay so the the sister okay and there was this whole talk about how these attacks had happened before whatever you know like same. like obviously you know indigenous people have been around for so long that obviously yeah. they're always connected we've all been turning into animals and yeah. killing people for a really long right. time they're yeah. always connected to like colonist expeditions though they named off the lewis and clark expedition yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah what was it it was uh the or the earliest recorded um instance of these attacks occurred 150 years before the first x-files yeah. you know so like you want to talk about historical this shit's been going on forever, and, like, indigenous people have never been able to address it, but we're going to figure out what's going on yeah. here today. In this episode. Yes. Uh, and, and random eagle cries. And the same eagle yeah. cry, by the way. This is, like, <laughs> yeah. you can tell that this is, like, the, the same eagle cry on repeat. It was, like, the canned eagle. Yeah. You know, somebody was pressing a button on a keyboard somewhere. <laughs> Kaka! 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it, and it, it kind of happened at like random points yeah, too. Just, I don't know. It, it started to really pop out at you because you were like, "Wait, what? What is the purpose is of this, this eagle cry right now? Is this building tension? We're in nature. Is this, is this releasing <laughs> tension? I don't, know. Yeah, I don't know. Should I eagle cry? Maybe. <laughs> and um, so Scully goes up and in, is in to the sister and sort you know, oh, I'm sorry about your your brother, and and that's when we discover that she the sister has no more family other than this brother. Um, and then, and, and she's all angry, you know, she's not being very friendly to Scully, like, geez, how dare you in your sorrow at losing the last of your family be rude to this really, like, well-meaning white woman who, like, cares about your sorrow. Yeah, how mean. I know, she was so mean, right? She's real mean. Oh, and then, and then she was like, as a demonstration of my sorrow, I'm supposed to, and I was like, cut your hair? Because I was, like, waiting for a little authenticity, (laughs) but no. Uh, she was like give away all of my brother's possessions and she gives this sort of like clawed fetish thing to, yeah. to scully that's never explained we never see it again we never see it again it was weird like what about your what, come on your brother for sure had some acdc records <laughs> <laughs> like you're you're holding out he had another pair of boots and some acdc records Yo, i was gonna say <laughs> right? give her his other pair of boots yeah no but it's it's like like, I feel like white feminists would be like, oh, wow, like, that's some female solidarity yeah, that's yeah, going yeah. on there. But we were all just like, what the hell's happening? And later on, Scully's going to be like, this was given to me by the sister of a dead Indian man who turned into a wolf <laughs> or some shit like that. 
and all of her all of her feminists you know in her yoga circle they're gonna be like wow yeah. can i touch it can i can i knit it into my baby blanket while they're doing downward dog yeah, anyway, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right and oh, we yeah. said shitty drumming shitty like that shitty drumming yeah it was it wasn't it was like it was like, it was like yeah, no it was, that's more rhythmic yeah it was. Was. <laughs> it was so bad just crappy drumming but decent singing good like yeah and and but you they they show the all of the you know these uh these drummers are both drumming and singing and you're just you're wondering like how are they singing so well over this incredibly shitty drumming yeah it's the weirdest i've never heard drumming like that it was really just like i don't know i don't know the singing was good it's like it's like when you uh like give white 10 year olds a bunch of like you know, percussion yeah, instrument. Yeah. yeah, it's like, like tam tams. Yeah, out on the uh, Mount Royal, there the plateau with the tam tams on Sunday. Just like, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Those like white kind of heavy punks, and they're like fancy leather fanny packs, like dancing with their arms real high, like oh, yeah. Woo. That's not good dance. <laughs> I feel the beat. <laughs> oh, God, she, anyway, yeah, she's doing the dancing. Yeah. Lyle shows up. Sister yells at him, I want your heart to grow cold. So mean. I want you to feel what I'm feeling. And she spits at him. So rude. He just wanted to show his respects to those, you know. Yeah, I know. Like, she's being unreasonable. Unreasonable. In her anger. But but it's one of those things where it's like, all of the Indians on this entire res want all the white people to leave. Yeah. You know, they all explicitly say, you should just go home. You're not welcome. You're not welcome here. This isn't your business. And they stay. So yeah, I'm grateful. But, yeah. but like, can you be any clearer than that? Like, literally, can you be? I spit at you. I hate you. I I want your life to be shit. <laughs> How is you know? But it, but it's like the thing that gets me is people wrote this into the episode. Yeah. So it's like white people care so little about indigenous opinions about yeah, things that they're literally willing to just lay it right yeah. out there mm-hmm. and then have their main characters ignore it because that's what yeah. good white people should do. But you don't you don't need free prior and informed consent here because a crime is committed. Thus, right. all the, all that goes out the window. Yeah, right? so now it's the FBI's business to be up in your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In case we were wondering. Oh, uh, talk about the Sitting Bull wallpaper. Oh, yeah, Sitting Bull wallpaper. Well, can I talk about the fact that, like, this, the, the dude had the same mullet as my dad had for 30 years? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like this is the general <laughs> dad mullet, you know? Like, there's a dead bolo tie, which we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and then there's the dead mullet. This guy wasn't wearing a bolo tie, but only because it wasn't a special occasion. But holy shit, was he rocking the mullet. Wow. Yeah, this is this is the uh, the paterfamilias, the, the, the elder cowboy. Yeah, yeah. who is, uh, you know, in the rocking chair on the porch, uh, you know, doing his thing. Obviously gets attacked by the same stuffed animal uh, that attacked the earlier <laughs> Drinking his you know, whiskey person. out there, smoking a cigar, and then he gets yeah. attacked. Yeah, he gets attacked. And, you know, he gets everybody gets thrown around yeah. by the stuffed animal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> tossed you know like just like tens of feet you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and as he's being like ripped apart all you see it's like focusing on this like full whiskey glass kind of just like bouncing around the porch yeah. like boing, 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 as, boing, as boing. he's being pummeled by sasquatch in the background <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. so good that was a great shot like yeah. through the whiskey glass it was great yeah. um yeah so there's some scary stuff like there's a cougar in a cage that you see on the ranch um Oh yeah, and then and then sheriff, you know, Mulder kind of confronts the sheriff and is like, "So what? Are you going to tell me the real story? We both know this isn't really what's going on here. I'm your friend. You should tell me." And the sheriff says, "I'm not the person who can tell you this, but I'll take you to someone who can." And yeah. that's when the sitting bull wallpaper shows up. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we're in Isha's cabin, uh, and he's got... You, you saw a buffalo skull on the door, right? Yeah, yeah on the door yeah, was. Yeah. And so they, they sit down Indian style <laughs> on, on the floor, on a rug. To have a bit of a powwow, would you say? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> eh? <laughs> to drink some Muskegee Wapoy. Um, and Ish says to, uh, to, to Mulder, I sensed you were different, more open to Native American belief. Than some Native Americans. Ouch, Sheriff. <laughs> like, you could you could see that the wound cut deep. He was just like, damn, cold. Yeah. Yeah. And the sh- the sheriff was hurt. Mulder obviously like his ego swelled about yeah. ten times. I'm that better day. I'm better than some natives are. I'm more Indian than some Native Americans are. Mm-hmm. I can decide who the good Indians are. <laughs> We've seen that before and yeah. we're gonna see it again. Yeah. White people better Indians than we are. Mm-hmm. Of course, Ish bestows on Fox a Indian name. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. He does the thing that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. No, he he doesn't bestow upon him an Indian name. He like he recognizes like he already has one. Yeah. yeah, like your your last name is Fox. That's an Indian name. Maybe it should be Running Fox or Sneaky Fox. And then he like interjects as long as it's not Spooky Fox. <laughs> Mulder's jokes are so unfunny. Like that wasn't the first time he he made some stupid like uh, like when the guy when Ish was like I could smell you and he's like well you know they said it was strong enough for a, for a man but it smells like a, I don't whatever it's just he's some just like I'm wearing women's joke. deodorant ha 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 yeah. and it's like okay this like jokes so what <laughs> like the you're dr- the worst the drunk uncle like the crappy jokes like, <laughs> yeah totally anyway and the bad poopy hair yeah like, but just but poops Ish, right in the front Ish saw uh, oh this oh I have fuck what written like in oh my god letters. Okay. oh my god so ish saw an attack uh of you know of this kind of beast when he was a kid whatever let's not get into it anyway turns out that uh the algonquins shout out yo uh <laughs> have a thing called a manitou Ooh, what's that Ooh, what could a manitou be it's an evil spirit that can change humans to beasts and it's by night, not by a full moon. Ooh, there's the change. It's not like a werewolf. No, because it's an Indian spirit, yo. It's a Manitou. Like, like we were, we were all actually just like, no, you didn't. Yeah, because like... No, you didn't. Manitou <laughs> are not evil. Like, like the... I mean, you can have bad spirits, but like, it's not inherently evil. So don't take that word. Don't take that actual word that we use and and then make it like and the evil name fuck of it up yeah yeah i just found that deliberately really offensive. i did too like i was i found it kind of more offensive than kirk yeah being karak i was actually just yeah. like pissed yeah because i mean at least i like, call it something else like just go ahead and call it like a native american werewolf or whatever but don't use our language and then totally misrepresent it like that like i hate that yeah. shit because at least like i feel like at least with the the wendigo episode yeah you know like they they try kind of yeah. i don't even know if they try but at least they kind of followed what it actually might yeah, yeah. be you yeah. know maybe what they were able to find out about it this it, no yeah it, i mean it they would be like try. if they had said a wendigo was like a little irish guy with the, with hat and, and a pot of gold you know like just really mixing it up there like yeah don't don't do that just don't 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 think that you can just pick a word from one of our languages and we're not going to notice. Like, yeah, and we're, we're not going to notice that you're changing, like, 
something that is like from our languages and traditions into something inherently bad and evil. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've seen that shit before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to recognize it now. Yeah. Anyway, so we were pissed. The thing which took it really next level for me was when they talked about it passing through the bloodlines. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, it's like you're inherently mm-hmm. carrying this bad spirit if you have indigenous blood mm-hmm. in you. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, give me a break. Yeah, it, it can infect you through a bite or, or it goes through the bloodlines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's just talking about how he saw this transformation happen one time and he's talking about how it was really painful for the person going through it. And he says his eyes were still human. They begged me to kill him and I would have done it. Yeah. And he used his ancient Indian eye language to figure out that the, the, the eye contact that he had was like, kill me instead of like, yo, I would love some chicken nuggets right now. Yeah. Or like, (laughs) could you pass an Advil? I'd be hurting. (laughs) No man, if you make contact... See, this is why, you know, indigenous people, we don't like to make eye contact because we read so much. <laughs> like, we, you make accidental eye contact with us. We're like, I didn't need to know that about you. That Google search is not something I wanted to be aware of. You just keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. Put it you in a private window. Don't ever do that with margarine, man. That's not hygienic. Okay. And we can read You're that. You're going to get an infection. Yeah. Don't, don't meet our eyes. Man. Don't put it up there. No, just don't. Just, yeah. Just don't. So that's why we just, we don't. You know, that's why you look at the the lips. So, yeah. As they're leaving the house uh, of Ish, something really interesting happens and transpires where Gwen is about to steal Ish's car to leave. So, of course, the native chef rips her from the car and throws her on the ground in which the white man, Mulder, interjects on the angry, savage indigenous man and tells him to unhand the indigenous woman Mm. and leave her be. Thank God for, you know, because that, that guy was going savage. Maybe he's a Manitou. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks was... white guy, for saving us from the uh, lateral violence. What really stood out here was this juxtaposition for me of the savage native woman versus pristine, proper white women mm. and what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. She was, she was like... Well, it was really interesting because I kind of like asked while we were watching, is she supposed to be the hot native woman? And Chelsea was like, well, you know, it doesn't matter because indigenous women are always seen as inherently sexual. So it doesn't matter if she's supposed to be like hot and native. She's always going to be seen as available. And they do like there are hints in the filming of her like that. There's some long shots of her and then some long shots of Mulder that just kind of make you want to like gag in your mouth a little bit. It's really like, yeah, there's no reason for it other than trying to set set her up as like desirable. And, and mysterious and like exotic it's just it, yeah it's mm-hmm. yeah it's it's, gross. it was yucky there was a lot about this episode that was just kind of like mid-level yuck yeah yeah, yeah. even her own disappearance is seen as like, uh, like coming from her own mental health issues or her own inability to deal with reality yeah, yeah exactly she's so angry but when the going actually gets tough she's just gonna disappear herself and we're and not like, gonna worry about where she goes yeah exactly you know. like it's it was her own decision and like you know obviously you know that's yeah. the thing that indigenous women just do sometimes. Yeah, just when they go and get rough. Disappear. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Um, Lyle, in the meantime, Lyle uh, was found by Scully naked and passed out in a field. And so she took him to the hospital because he, he was suffering from exposure. So Scully, at, at, while this is all going on, Scully is with Lyle at the hospital. Uh, and and he, he remembers seeing his father uh, on the porch like, he has an image of seeing his father on the porch, but he doesn't remember speaking to his father. So Scully's like, oh, your, your dad's dead. Uh, I myself have lost a parent recently, and he cuts her off, right? He's like, he's like, what? Uh, you know, he's dead? What? Like, maybe, did, I, did I cause... And he blames the Indians, right? He, he yeah. thinks that showing up uh, at the funeral angered them. And it just sort of hints at this, like, 
this cultural divide. Like he's like, I just can't understand them, you know. Uh, but maybe I, maybe I, maybe I offended them, and that's why they came and killed my dad. Right. Uh, it was pretty obvious at this point. Do we all agree that it was Lyle was, was the killer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and and then and then at the, it could have ended here. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But because uh, he obviously he got bit in the first uh, attack, and so that's that's it. He was the killer, right? But no, 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 no. We got to think it's the Indians. We it's all set up to make us think it's Gwen, right? Yeah. We think it's Gwen, but we don't think it's Gwen. No, Whatever. yeah, we're we're automatically on the side of the indigenous woman, so we never think it's her because it never is, honestly. Uh, so yeah, so the son, um, the blood test, the blood test, yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. so uh, Lyle, the son, and Scully are kind of in the house. Um, you know, wandering around and stuff. And then it cuts to, to Mulder talking to Lyle's doctor. You know, and like a total breach of doctor-patient confidentiality. Yeah, good uh, point. Yeah, good point. Did yeah. Ever, yeah, how is that even like... A, wow, that was a... That's a big breach. No, yeah. Conveniently, yeah. Lyle had a really... Um, like disrespectful and immoral doctor who was like, well, guess what, uh, Mulder? We found um, traces of, you know, the dad's blood in the son's body and it only could have gotten there through ingestion. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we all kind of immediately just went, oh, yuck. Yeah. And I've got written, danger, danger, superfluous full moon. Like, we just got told that that the transformation has nothing to do with the moon, but there is the full moon. Yeah, because it's extra spooky. Yeah. (laughs) So then, you know, so then Lyle's having some, like, bad indigestion or whatever, obviously. Scully's taking him back to his house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, obviously ingesting a bunch of your dad's going to give you a bit of a stomach ache. Right. So he's like, can you help me to the bathroom? And Scully's like, yeah, yeah. Like, she's real nice about it. And then he's, like, kind of barfing in the sink. Uh, And she's like, are you okay? Like, I'm going to take you back to the hospital. He's like, no, I don't want to go back to the hospital. And then he, like, looks up and his eyes are all, like, black and demonic. And he's like, roar! (laughs) (laughs) And I have long, boring, creepy interlude. And this is, you know, this is, like, the this is supposed to be the most exciting point. I just sort of, like, tuned out. You know, he transforms. Uh, you know, Scully doesn't know what's going on. She's trying to, like, break into the... to the. Yeah, like, honestly, if there was, like, some dude in the bathroom throwing up and then just starts roaring... Yeah, I'm not going to break I would, in Yeah, there. I would be like, I'm going to wait in the car. Yeah, so... <laughs> With the engine running. <laughs> and then this thing bursts out. Uh, she thinks it's a cougar, even though it burst out at the very bathroom that she's trying to sneak into. But it's all dark because the power's out. Whatever. Uh, Mulder, the sheriff show up. There's blurry movement. Sheriff shoots and voila, say Lyle. Well, I, I also had that Mulder sneaky foxes around the house. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, Scully. He's got his gun. He's like, right. Scully. I think there might be a werewolf in the house, but maybe you'll hear this and not him. Scully. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, thankfully, you know, the native sheriff is like not such an idiot yeah. and comes and shoots, you know. The guy who immediately turns back into a naked dude. And this is when we're supposed to be like, oh my gosh, it was Lyle, not Gwen. <gasps> OMG. And then there's sexual tension. Yeah, what? But it's like, it's sexual tension where you're like, you kind of look at what's going on and they're like both silhouetted and they're standing real close to each other and whatever. Yeah. And you're like, wait, is this sexual tension? Or is, yeah, ubiquitous. Or is this just like, they always they're talk talking about to that each sexual other. tension in throughout the episodes. There's always that sexual tension between Scully and Mulder. So yeah. even when there's a werewolf about, they need to like take the sexual tension break. Man, this was a weird. boring fucking show. I gotta say, like I was, I, I kind of enjoyed the beginning, but like the at the part where it was supposed to be most exciting, I was like, all right, I get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get why people like this. Like this was my first ever episode. I really don't understand what the appeal of the show is. I know it's got a huge cult following, but the whole time I was actually just like, yeah. Well, uh, Okay, this is a combination of like relatively accurate in terms of a lot of the aesthetic, 
But also just, like, horrifically offensive. Yeah, yeah. It was just... And, and, and not even... And, you know, at least with the Star Trek, it's so out of control mm. that you can't not but laugh. Yeah. Here, it's just, like, you don't even laugh. You're just kind of like, ugh. I was, <laughs> I was not entertained. Yeah. And, and I've tried to watch X- X-Files again because I really, really enjoyed it uh, as a kid. You know, I used to watch this with my family. It was super, like, I loved it, right? And and I'm just like, what? Eh? Yeah. So, all right. I think, I think it's time to maybe, like you know we've given our opinions yeah we need to find you know the most important opinion well we do need to find out what what this all actually meant right so far we've guessed we've poked around the edges but we really need somebody to shine some light on the heart of the matter yeah let's ask amunio all right and now it's time to ask amunio here with us today is Dr. Bjorn Attilarod, uh, BA, MA, PhD, and postdoc in Indigenous Solidarity from the University of Waterloo. Thank you very much, Bjorn, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Attilarod, for being here with us today. Actually, it's Professor Attilarod. Doctor is for those who have PhD, but professor is reserved for those who have tenure. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Sorry, okay. Dr. Attilarod. We didn't mean professor. to offend you. Professor, professor Attilarod. Professor Attilarod. We just want you to be comfortable. We didn't That's mean right. to offend you. <clears throat> so, uh, how did you? How did you? Sorry. How do you tell a good Indian from a bad Indian? A good Indian from a bad Indian. Well, see, this has to go back to uh, to like the etymological roots of what we consider to be indigeneity. Which has to be visualized within the context. Are you following this? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I got it. Sorry, I, I looked away for a moment. I, I, I did not mean any disrespect. Anyway, yes, that's what it all actually it is about. It's all about respect, and so all all these uh, factors as to whether or not somebody's good or Indian or bad, and it has to be signed on the context of what is good and what is bad from an Indian point of view. And so, so what, what is that in yeah. your, your perspective? Please tell us what an Indian point of view is. Well, an Indian point of view, uh, according to my studies, is one that is uh, based on a, uh, well, the, the simplest way to think of it is as like, like you're one of your um, teepees, I guess. There's, a, there's the, the central pole, which is like the, um, so the undrip. And <laughs> that sort of creates a definition wherein we can thereby agree what is indigenous. See, without a clear definition that is, you know, used by all peoples, we would be unable to make this distinction. I, I don't think I'm following you. Okay, I, I've just begun with my with my with my TP analogy. Okay, but <laughs> and the, then all the poles that rest on the central pole. There's no central pole in a TP. You would, it would burn. It's an analogy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. Oh, I, I apologize for my rude interruption. Um, can you maybe? Can you can you no, simplify? I give, a lecture, I give a lecture on this actually. If you want to attend, it'll be uh, at uh, the uh, Ryerson Hall. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> maybe you could consult IWTSHRC in our own work, and you know, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, or you could just come to the lecture. I mean, it's it's not that much. <laughs> it's not that inexpensive. I, I'm fairly sure you guys could afford. So okay, wait. Ladies, ladies, sorry, but, I didn't want to offend you. Okay, but if you were if you were asked to point, like if if there was a group of Indians put in front of you, and you were like, uh, please, professor, tell us which ones we should listen to. Uh, you know, your fellow settlers would you know need your advice. Which which Indians are the good Indians? Um, how, how does your finger choose which is the good Indian? 
Well, that's the thing. It's just you can't you can't just point a finger and choose. I mean, you you have to see it all within the framework of how we first we define an. I'm sorry, I fell asleep. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, for being you know, here with you, us. You know, you that was, buy my that book. Was it's uh, actually available on very Amazon, yeah, and I think you can great. get an e-download from my website. BjornTillerod.net. Thank you. So thank you, Professor uh, Bjorn Attilerod, for your contribution to Indian Country this fine evening. Um, so as always, we at Métis in Space would like to gift Dr. Attilerod with an Indian name. And the Indian name that we would like to give him, um, he should take forward in his life and his work and respect it and honor it and try to try to live out um, the values of this name. And uh, his Indian name is He Who Builds a Bad Teepee. So He Who Builds a Bad Teepee, thank you again for your contributions to Indian Country. Aho. Uh, All right, so we are now to the rating portion of the podcast. We're going to do this real quick because we've been trying to keep this under an hour and we are never successful. Um, so we're going to read this episode of The X-Files out of Random Eagle Cries, uh, where one random eagle cry is uh, is crap, and five random eagle cries is basically the best thing that you've ever had happen to you other than, you know, like butterscotch ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so go ahead, Molly, what do you think? Honestly, okay. This was kind of a tough one considering the complete disaster we watched the last time with Star Trek The Paradise Syndrome. I think I'm going to have to rate it lower. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to rate it one random eagle cry. Um, and the reason I'm doing that is because everything that we've watched so far, you know, it's been ridiculous and it's been outrageous and it's been, you know, sometimes it's been kind of like hard to watch. But this I found, I've never actually gotten really viscerally offended mm. before watching really? watching some Métis in Space. No, not like this. I was oh. just like, you know, like sometimes you're you're kind of pissed off, but you're yeah. not like, you know, it's always kind of tempered by the fact that it's just, it's so ridiculous. This, I think, had enough realism that when they fucked up, it was kind of actually really hurtful. Yeah. And yeah. I was really mad. Um, so I'm just going to give this, this the one, the one random eagle cry. I feel like it deserves some props for like a certain amount of realism in some areas, but mostly I just found it was kind of shit. And also it was just real boring. It was boring. You know? Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, what did you think? Well, this is kind of difficult because there were like some elements where, you know, the police being or the the Indians being like, fuck the cops. Like there were, those were things that I could That's relate true. to. But ultimately, I think what's going to bring it down for me to one eagle cry is that representation of, the, of Gwen, of the native woman as mm. like, you know, disappearing and fraught with the many difficulties of her people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I gave I gave last episode, the Star Trek thing, a point five. Uh, this one. Yeah, I'll give it a one as well. <clears throat> Although I think, you know, by 1994, we should have come a heck of a lot further uh, with it, portrayals of indigeneity than we did here from, you know, 1969. But uh, I'm giving it one because I was just so annoyed that they took the word Manadu and made it an evil thing. Yeah. Like that just like, no, doesn't fly with me. So one, uh, don't watch this show. Yeah. one One's all around. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty much the end of our show. Um, really, really suggest that you go to IndianAndCowboy.com and check out uh, check out another podcast. Check out Ryan McMahon Gets Angry. Who doesn't like rants? I like rants. We yeah. rant all the time. It's like, it, you know how, like, when you're driving along in your car, like, just, you know, on a long drive and you start thinking about something that makes you, like, real angry? 
And you just, you know, you're just kind of ranting to yourself and you have all these great arguments in your head and you're kind of laughing at your own jokes and stuff. You know, like Ryan's actually recorded that for you to listen to. So, you know, it's like, it's funny and it's angry and it's what you wish that you could do in your own truck. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And now you can listen to it in your own truck. Yeah. If you got it like, yeah. So So. there you go. Uh, So, yeah. So thanks once again for tuning in for the X-Files. And uh, we'll see you next time on Otpem Suasquewa Kitsigiskok Meti in space! 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 Otpem Suasquewa Kitsigiskok Meti in space! Space! Space!